Okay, enough delaying, enough lollygagging. Let's get started. Not lollygagging. Yeah. Why is this here? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> enough stalling. Wait. What is <laughs> Hold this? On. Hold on. What is this? <laughs> All right, let's go. All right. Wait. Hold uh, on. Right right, right. <laughs> Fanny pack <laughs> wrestling in three, two, one. Fanny Pack Wrestling is a proud member of Diamond Club and the Freakin' Awesome Network. Check out more great content at diamondclub.tv and freakinawesomenetwork.com. Nachos amigos, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. I'm Petey Rave, your man with no plan. Here with me, as always, is my tag team partner, my best friend, none other than David Jeffrey Majors, aka DJM. How you doing, Deej? Buenos tacos, Fanny Pack fans. The good ship Fanny Pack rides once again. On your eyeballs, in your ear holes, and at DiamondClub.tv, we thank you all for watching. PD Rave, what is on the agenda this episode? So we're going to turn back the clock. We're going to have a throwback fanny pack. <laughs> throwback the clock. TBFP. Uh, yes. Uh, talking about old wrestling, or oldie wrestling, or however you want to uh, or look at it. Uh, and the event, another extravaganza of wrestling exhibitions uh it's a very interesting promotion indeed uh to say the least uh but Deej, who do we have joining us to talk about this joining us for this episode of fanny pack of returning contestant uh, courtesy of the record breakers podcast over at the rebellion network x drucifer x drew snyder what's up drucifer uh, not too much. How have you folks been? Mm-hmm. Uh, Wonderful. Fantastic. Also joining us is another fantastic returning guest. Is none other than hailing from the Sooner State herself. I don't know. Is there, is there an actual proper state state name or something? I'll just call it the Sooner State. <laughs> Sooner uh, State's good. Yeah. Uh, Stormy Sooner herself. Uh, Natalie Sargent. How do you do, Natalie? Doing well, gentlemen. Doing uh, well. Na- Glad to Natalie. be here. Natalie, I, I do have a question. Okay. Uh, what exactly is a Sooner? <laughs> well, uh, Oklahoma history lesson. I'll keep it brief. Uh, during the land run, there were boomers and Sooners. And the Sooners uh, decided to go before the gun went off. You know, see, what is that movie with Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise? Far and away? Is that yeah. it? I don't Something know. Like that. Uh, but for a visual aid. So. Hmm. Interesting bit of history there. Uh, but yes, Petey, I just I just want to toss out. You've already said interesting twice. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm tired. I, I I've I've got to rely on 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 the old tropes. I've got to rely on on the the standbys. Uh talk about some fun stuff here. 
Oldie Wrestling. Deej, have you heard of Oldie Wrestling? Old Wrestling? No, I had not. But I will say that in recent years, I had noticed a rather significant influx of wrestlers in the independent wrestling scene that were that harkened back to a different time a time long gone by in the world of professional wrestling and old time wrestling is is taking us back we're we're firing up the way back machine we're we're cranking up the tardis and we're heading back to the olden days uh, in, in the world of professional Exhibition wrestling. Yes. Uh, with Australian rules and tag matches and everything. Um, I have to, I'll start with you, Natalie. What, what was your first impression, uh, as you started booting this up and started, uh, the, I guess the, when this video first started, what was your first impressions of this? Oh, the, you know, the kind of like old school, you know, countdown, uh, projection, uh, visual was, was kind of a clue. And then, of course, you know, uh, the, the on purpose grainy, um, you know, imagery that was used and the silent film, like little cards or whatnot, um, ex- you know, kind of interstitially, you know, between the matches. And yeah, uh, <laughs> I, th- I thought I would be in for a treat and I was. So, yes. uh, Drew, what what was your first impression of old wrestling? Well, every time I come on, um, I either get the very um, technical, very let's break down why this is good wrestling sort of uh, wrestling promotion, or I get something where we're going to have a good laugh. And I think right off the bat, I knew uh, which I was getting, and that would, of course, be the latter. Um, I knew I was in for a lot of uh, gimmicky-ness, so to speak. There would probably be some bad puns looking at the film grain. There would be some foreshadowing that would happen about what would happen maybe in the near future, uh, considering the time frame that this might be in, um, and some jokes of that nature. Um, and that's, that's exactly what I got. It, yes. Uh, from from the comedy skit to open, it was having me uh, laugh a good bit. So yes, we started with some preliminary exhibits, uh, with some weightlifting uh, from the Jollyville Jeepers, and some, some some weightlifting and some exhibition in calisthenics. Yes. Uh oh, he. I'm I'm going into the old timey voice already. Yes, it's already radio started. voice. Uh, it's like, it's like, you, you could, it, oh, it's such a fantastic thing that, that transatlantic accent, uh, which if you want to check out a great video on how that accent, that like old timey accent was born, uh, I'm going to say, uh, Strickland, Tom, Tom, oh my God, uh, how it's, Tom Strickland, Tom, how it's made. Yeah. No, how, it's, uh, how things work. Uh, how things work, how stuff's made. Yeah. How stuff's made. Tom Strickland, uh, the it's man that, it's one of those. Or is it John, is it John Strickland? John Strickland. John Strickland Jeez. out of Atlanta. I see him regularly at Dragon Cons. Fantastic dude. I can't believe I forgot his first name. He is a fantastic dude, but he has a great video on the transatlantic accent and how it was born and why and how it was, was created. So I, I, I highly recommend checking it out. It's actually a cool little video. Uh, that being said, 
Petey, we I'm I'm pretty much going to be going in and out of that voice for this episode. Yes. Just yes. so you know. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm hoping you, one of you them know me. Gonna... You probably have figured out by now that I have a certain thing for announcer type voices. Exactly. So I'm going to be going in and out of this yes. quite a bit. Um and we had the the preliminary exhibits, and then we get into the first event. Uh we have the first contest. We have Imperial Robert Evans. Uh, representing jolly old England and the, in the India, tea, in East India Tea Company, uh, taking on Lewis Linden, uh, representing the Luchador contingent, all uh, right off the bat, uh, the old school Luchador contingent. Uh, I'll start with you, Natalie. What was your impression of this opening contest? Um, it was, it was good. Um, it did suffer from, you know, uh, you know, this wrestling trope of when props fail spectacularly, they fail spectacularly. Um, you know, uh, though you just got to keep on trucking. Uh, yes, the net hit him. Of course it did. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) just keep on going, suspend that disbelief, uh, out of the entire card, um, it wasn't a bad match, but for some reason it didn't gel in places, uh, which it just, that sometimes happens even when you have two people who know what they're doing in there. So yes, maybe yes. the, maybe the weakest match on the card. Possibly, but it was, we still had a little bit of fun. Robert Evans being Robert Evans, but yeah, had his weak moments. Uh, Drew, what was your impression of the contest? Um, like she said, some things uh misfired, let's say that. Um <laughs> but they, they rolled off of it pretty good. Uh what was also good was it seemed like there was it seemed like there was some plants, uh maybe, because uh, some of the crowd was not getting into it per se. And you want a crowd, even if they're small, to get into it as much as possible. And there was there was definitely some of that happening. Some some crowd pushing, as it were, which is good. Um you really want to think about that going forward with the show, especially if you're doing a production such as this, because that's the first thing that hit me on the first match, was the production quality was actually really good. Um, Lots of camera angles, uh, good sound. Uh, something I don't always get from you guys. <laughs> Side note. Oh, I, I understand that's the nature of indie wrestling. But. For, for like the next big Japan show, whether it's Dragon Gate or something, we'll get Drew. Yes. For like a really big Japan show. Exactly. Yes. Um, but like, I'm, I'm always a fan of, uh, ridiculous masks. So this had something for me already. Um, yeah, the match maybe didn't, didn't go as swimmingly as they may have liked, but, um, there was still some fun to be had. Yes. And still let you know the, the type of wrestling you were about to get into, I guess. Yeah, it it did get us set a good pace and it was, it was super fun. Deej, I have to ask you, Deej. I don't want to leave you out of it because this is a new experience for you too. Uh, Deej, what was your impression of the contest? Well, first of all, I just want to give give a big hello to Michigan native Lewis Lindham, uh, ex exhibiting the lucha libre Mexican style of wrestling, uh, even though he's not Mexican at all. No, <laughs> he's wearing a luchador mask. Uh, also, Robert Evans, a, a personal favorite of mine, who, who I adore. I'm always happy to see him. Uh, also, 
coming into this, I, I saw the presentation and I immediately realized that this is something that is a long time coming. Because as I said, there is quite an abundance of old-timey wrestling gimmicks in the indie wrestling scene in recent times. And I was especially pleased to see that there was a commentator really underrated, uh, Derek St. Holmes, uh, coming to this. He, he He's really good. I like him a lot. And, of course, it would not be an indie wrestling promotion without Bryce Remsburg as yes, referee. Exactly. He is which leads, indie wrestling which senior me, official, Bryce Remsburg. Which leads me to a question, PD Rave. Yes. Why is no one saying anything about the fi- fact that Bryce Remsburg clearly can time travel? If he was able to be a, a, the senior official for old wrestling and being basically the senior official of all modern indie wrestling uh, east of the Mississippi. Uh, is is no one saying anything about that? I think we're just accepting that he is a Time Lord. All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, just a, it's just a fact. Petey, Petey, show title, Bryce Remsborg, Time Lord. Bryce, Bryce Remsborg, Time Lord. Sure, why not? That's what I said. That's what I meant. <laughs> Uh yes. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. Uh yes. And that was a fun contest. Bryce Frenchburg is fantastic. Uh then that leads us to the following contest. A tag also, team. Also, Drew, and I don't know if you caught this as well. This is in Norwalk, Ohio. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I went through this entire show and I noticed quite a few guys from the Michigan indie scene on this show that I'm going to point out uh, throughout the show. So it, I realized this show actually may not be very far away from me. So I Norwalk, know. I don't believe is that far. In fact, it's like, like an hour and I, 40 minutes, I, I believe. I, yeah. I, I mean, like, I've it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really close to me. Actually, yeah. I've been like, this looks exactly like uh, every County fair in, Northeast Ohio. Yeah, they do the all, they do, they, they have, I think, like two shows a year. And one of them is this at this place. And the other one is a place right in Cleveland, like just outside of Cleveland. Uh, there's a specific, like, old timey, like, bowling alley that I don't remember the one, the name, the name for, but you probably could. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Like, all the punk rock bands used. To, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's a, it's a name. We, we could look it up in a, in a moment, but that, that's, it's there. It's like the two shows. All the punk rockers used to go there. I know what you're talking also, about. Also, one other thing about this match, uh, Robert Evans, the Imperial Robert Evans, uh, of the British East India Company, uh, he, he's a big game hunter, as yes. they said, uh, who has traveled to all sorts of interesting wrestling related locations, uh, including deepest, darkest Africa. <laughs> where he, he possibly is an associate of Kim Chi, uh, who of course is the handler of Kamala, the Ugandan giant. Yes. <laughs> oh, for, for you pro wrestling fans that appreciate the inside jokes. Yes. Um. All right. Taking it into the next contest, we Wait, have no PDP. Yes. We, we need to, we need to talk about the Sheik. Yes. Oh wait. We need, <laughs> we need to talk about. The post match for this, yes. where we got introduced to the real world champion, the, yes. the real world's wrestling champion, Sheik Caden Assad. Yes. His name is Caden. Everything, everybody, because apparently somebody lost Arya Davari's phone number, 
and could not get Arya Devari booked on this show. And I'm guessing Sean Devari is probably under contract to Lucha Underground. So he probably couldn't make it either. So they just found some dude. They were probably near a thrift store somewhere in Ohio and were able to find an appropriate outfit and create Sheik Caden Assad. Uh, yes. That's... I'm going to let you in on a secret. Petey, um, qu- qu- before, before you do that, Drew, I just want to say, this guy was whiter than me. <laughs> that's that's pretty white. That's pretty white. It is. Caden uh, Assad was pretty white. And I'll, as I was going to say, little secret about Ohio. Um, every small hick town has at least three people. At least, minimum, three people. I know of six that would be willing to jump into the ring for no more than a bottle of whiskey. Like, that's... <laughs> Fuck it. They could have found anybody. Which like... leads us into the next contest featuring the moonshining men of Appalachia. Yes. Right. Uh, the ancestor of one of our favorite wrestlers who is on his retirement tour, uh... Uh, around, around this time, uh, Chuck Taylor. This was, this was Charles Taylor. Charles o- Taylor. Only, only his friends call him Chuck. Yeah, Charles Taylor and Jock Sampson, uh, taking on the Jollyville Jeepers. Uh, strongman. Clean and jerk. Clean and jerk. The Jollyville Jeepers. Uh, uh, I'd hate to call one, I'd hate to call jerk, jerk to his face, but <laughs> unless I got a written agreement that he will not take offense. Uh, but yes, clean and jerk. The Jollyville Jeepers taking on the Moonshine Man of Appalachia. Uh, Natalie, uh, I have to ask you, what was your impression of this tag team contest? This Australian rules tag team <laughs> contest. It was good. Um, it was very good, actually. And, um, you know, also, Petey, sorry, Natalie, I refuse to acknowledge that Chuck Taylor is retiring. He's yes. he's he's going to the big performance center in the sky, yes. and I will not hear otherwise. Okay, all right, Natalie, as you were saying, um, it was yeah one of the most uh, enjoyable you know matches on the card, and it kind of it did its job too by setting up you know a little bit of foreshadowing, um. You know, with the theft of the hooch, yes. you know, um, the moonshine. Which, yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. The uh, everybody gelled well together. Um, you know, you, they probably have you know wrestled you know matches elsewhere yeah. in various combinations. So it was fun. Yes, uh, it was it was a fun contest, as always, and the Jollyville Jeepers. Which is a, a odd, Bill Jeepers. an odd contrast from there. If it were breaking the fourth wall, their usual uh, personas is the Jollyville Fuckets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, so w- that was them. Yes, yes, uh, yeah, it is, that is them. Uh, the the men who the other participant of the contest. If we we, were, we go back, turn back the time on Fanny Pack to our first Beyond Wrestling episode, the the man that Chuck Taylor uh ascribed to uh told uh, spoke of when he said that he's got that black man strength. <laughs> John Sampson. It was uh no it was the gentleman I think it was Jerk here. Uh I forgot his name. <laughs> now Natalie, you and I are are both 
fans of wrestling for a very, very long time. When you saw Chuck Taylor's tag team partner, uh, Jock Sampson, did he not remind you of, uh, let's see, Phineas Godwin or going even further back, uh, what, what was his name? Hillbilly Jim. Hillbilly Jim? <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, you know he, he, that was hillbilly. Jim anybody in overalls, you know, granted he's not was not as large <laughs> as haystacks, but you know you you go you to go down that path of those. It, type it would of take wrestlers. three Jock Sampsons to be as large as haystacks. Or three Calhoun. or four, but to be as know, large as haystacks Calhoun. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Right, but yeah, I was I was thinking along those lines as well. So yeah. Uh, fantastic. Uh, Drew, what was your impression of the contest? Um, one, I like a good tag match with back and forth, and this had that. That is very good. I also, um, as she's already touched on, the, the, uh, through story that goes with the hooch that everybody was a, uh, such a fan of in the crowd. Which was allegedly moonshine, uh, according to what Derek St. Holmes had heard. That uh, those gentlemen had uh, allegedly brought some moonshine to the ring, and the proprietors in the crowd apparently were big fans of the hooch, which we'll find out more about later. During the times of prohibition, they would never do that. Um, That that touching on that though is the one thing that like bother started to bother me a little bit. Is yes, we're suspending our disbelief. We're it's old timey wrestling. I get it. But maybe don't poke at the, well, I heard maybe in a few years. Don't. <laughs> we know. We know. It's We're okay. also behind the curtain. It's okay don't to poke. Drew, it's okay to poke the fourth wall just a little. Yes. Yeah. Just, just to just a little it, flick it, it, did ta- it did take me a little like bit. Four times in the one match. Yeah, yeah. It did take me a little bit to, to narrow down. Uh, the timeline though, it, I think it, it helped. It, it, I did spend a good amount of this event trying to n- mentally narrow down the timeline. First of all, we so had, was I. Yeah, Howard I, I Taft is Supreme thinking. Court Justice. There, okay, now we got the thirties. Okay, okay. Well, no, they pl- they played Hail to the Chief for him. Uh, he because was he was former president. So he oh, was former pres- president. Yeah, okay. he was a former president, as you would do former former president. Like if Bill Clinton I, came I thought, out somewhere. I thought they, they were doing it because he was the president at the time. No, he so was, I was Supreme Court it was Justice. Like, I was thinking it was like turn of the century for No, times. it was uh it was it narrowed it down later on and in one of the later matches they mentioned King Kong and that was thirty three. This is happening roughly thirty three. Uh right. and- I was set on the turn of the century until we saw the the Europeans who were apparently from the Soviet Union, but the Soviet Union wasn't formed until 1922 because I was kind of set on turn of the century, yeah. 1900-ish, the yeah. aughts, if yeah. you will. Yeah, we're, we're helping it narrow down because they, they mentioned Supreme Court Justice William Howard Taft. They okay. played hail to the chief because he served his, his presidency. Then he, he served uh, his term on the Supreme Court. Uh, but they played Hell to the Chief because he was the president. You know, Bill Clinton comes out nowadays, he'll play Hell to the Chief. Uh, I figured you'd play something like, something <laughs> from like Wiz Khalifa for Bill Clinton. <laughs> yeah, he, he does have, he does have the black man tendencies. You know? <laughs> oh, slick Willie. Yes. Uh, yes. 
but yeah, the, the, it was it was the adventure. That was the mental adventure throughout the show was narrowing down the time. Was the, it that same for thing, you guys? I was just gonna say I did the same thing. Um, I was trying to figure out okay, so Taz is no longer president. King Kong, like what time are we dealing with? And I'm realizing now that we're breaking this down that this shit, it, the timeline is more convoluted than Five Nights at Freddy's. Like, how the hell did that happen? Like, <laughs> Natalie? Like, I'm going in Natalie. the war. Like, God damn it. Well, well, yeah, I, what time were you thinking? I was thinking, well, you know, the only one that I really latched onto was the Hong Kong Fay Ray uh, reference. Um, so I'm like, okay, because uh, um, like, so we're we're talking uh the you know we're talking the 30s um the first but scary. it's a, it's still a great movie by the way uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ridiculous special effects aside but you know no one can scream like Fay ray so yeah. um but uh yeah it they they kept putting like little like little i don't want to say easter eggs but kind of um you know trying to guide uh you into, you know, into accepting, okay, this is where this is taking place. Yeah, so. Yeah, they did a pretty good job, though, uh, though the following contest kind of confused, I would say going into the following contest kind of confused this me a little. This match really threw me off, too. <laughs> because we have Thunder Kitty going who fits. The next contest uh, featured the Lady Restless, uh, in which we saw Heidi the Riveter. Uh, taking on everybody's favorite dame and a personal favorite of your buddy DJM, Thunder Kitty. Yes. Uh, which completely threw me off because I was like, Heidi the Riveter? Uh, Rosie the Riveter was like, World, World, World like War II. World War II, 1940s? It would be from 1940s because we didn't join until like 1939, so 1940s. Uh, so it's like. And then Thun- Thunder Kitty is kind of of the Mildred Burke era, which was kind of the fifties. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. So it's like. <laughs> so this really was throwing me off, but I loved it because I I love Heidi the Riveter. I think she's fantastic. I- I'm still not quite sure why she was the heel, <laughs> but I'm happy anytime Thunder Kitty gets cheered because I love Thunder Kitty and I love everything about her. I, yes. I just love everything about Thunder Kitty, and when I realized what promotion this was, I knew, boom, th- this is Thunder Kitty's promotion. Yes. This is her house. Th- this was made for her. Yes. Uh, Natalie, what was your impression of the Lady Grapplers? The Lady Grapplers, yes. Uh, this was an excellent match, um, you know, which... Uh, Thank God for indie wrestling, or else you would get to see, you know, uh, Diva Revolution and whatnot aside. Uh, you wouldn't get to see some quality women's wrestling. So um, I thought the pre-match shenanigans were fun uh, with Thunder Natalie, Kitty. Natalie, d- did you hear one of them call the other a hussy? Yes. <laughs> no, I think there was another adjective, too. Uh, the language. For smoking. So, Salt, that salty language, though. Salty language in the crowd. The, the best thing, though, was the crowd was totally, totally into it. They did the, you know, prerequisite ooh noise, you know, once uh, that insult was hurled. So um, I don't think I'd ever seen uh, Heidi the Riveter in action. So that was 
delightful. She, um, she is a descendant of the current Chikara Young Lions Cup champion and noted uh, current uh, women's indie wrestler Heidi Loveless. She, she is likely her great-grandmother or something. Yes. <laughs> Some likely. Moment. Very likely. Um, it was a, a great match. Um, probably the only thing, only like and this was a minor issue because the editing and the production on, on this was excellent, was the abrupt cut at the end. But, um, you know. That's where they could snip the film. Wanting more, so. It's where they snipped the film. I think they just missed. Yeah, that just, must have been it, yeah. You know, it just missnipped. You know, it was just an odd moment. Uh, sort of weird degrading thing after all these years of yes. this film real being around. Nice. Uh, Drew. What would uh what was your impression of this uh contest? Um well actually I was gonna say to uh DJM's point is that I think the reason they sort of wanted to play uh Riveter as the heel was to bring out the oh maybe women shouldn't be in these type of things as that were uh, playing off the timeline. Uh, That's okay. that was what I thought. Um, and then playing into that, uh, Thunder Kitty, uh, played into the opposite role really well. Did throw the, uh, overall timeline into a weird loop, but, um, still made for a really, really fun match overall. Um, really, really great. From uh, also, I've seen both of, both of their granddaughters and, um, their granddaughters. Yes. Uh, also, Petey, I, I don't know if, if you appreciated the finish as much as I did, but uh, Heidi the Riveter, uh, even with uh, a little trickery, uh, a little he- heel tactics, uh, she won with the alligator clutch yes. with her hand on the ropes. That was the alligator clutch. Ah, oh, that is fantastic. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, and it was a fun contest. Thunder Kitty and her prime. Uh, Thunder Kitty, as a young Thunder Kitty, before she Thunder went Thunder Kitty into- never left her prime. Thunder Kitty is still in her prime. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, even Love many, you, many years. You're awesome. Yes, yes. Uh, that's why she's leading legendary as, as, as the, the eldest one. <laughs> uh, but that was a fantastic contest. And it leads into the next contest, playing more on more, you know, more of the story of the, the, uh, prohibition fund. Uh, we had the lobbying legislator, lobbying legislators of an anti saloon land, uh, taking on the fabulous blonde family, uh, in a, with your referee, Jesse Kasopoulos. Yes. <laughs> in a three on three contest, uh, six man tag. Uh, with a lady involved. Uh, dude, what, 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 I have to ask you, what was your impression of this, like, six man, the, the anti-legislatures of, well, no, anti-saloon land men <laughs> taking on the blonde Well, camera. first of all, the good senator, Cameron, uh, is actually a descendant <laughs> of a rather talented indie wrestler from the Detroit scene by the name of Cameron Sky. So, uh, when I, that was another, guy from the Michigan indie wrestling scene that I noticed and was like, hey! That that bears a very striking resemblance to Cameron Sky. I, I, and he's actually pretty good. If you could tell, uh, his ancestor, the senator, uh, got the microphone and, and spoke to the masses. Quite the, the political orator, the, the senator, uh, and his, his legislative tag team partner, if you will, 
not exactly endearing themselves to to the fans there in the arena, Petey Rafe. No, not exact, not at all. Uh, I, I mean, but I, I guess overall, I mean, think of the children, guys. <laughs> think of the children. The prohibition. Think of the children. Won't anybody think of the children? Prohibition. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I think that battle has been lost a long time ago. <laughs> that is the greatest chant ever. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, Drew, I'll go with you first. Drew, what was your impression of this six-man contest? Um, again, the the tag matches, as I've said, um, anytime there's multiple people and it can work well, um, and you can follow the action pretty well. I always like it. It's something that's not easy on the cameraman uh for sure but it's very very fun um the lobbying legislators were a funny group to say the least um i'm always i'm always in these wrestling things for the laughs to be honest and they got me the four non-blondes reference at the beginning (laughs) had me had me singing uh uh like he-man would and it was it was absolutely wonderful. I, there was something about this match that was just a lot of fun, and it was again that throughput that goes throughout the evening of of the hooch and the prohibition and the the evils of alcohol and blah blah blah, which yes. is <laughs> which is fascinating uh, to say the least. Natalie, what was your impression of this contest? And the shenanigans thereof. Oh, there's so many shenanigans. Yeah, I actually, yes, I got a kick out of the Prohibition chant. That was delightful. Um, I think during and during this match also, it was kind of everything kind of coalesced. You had great action in the ring. Uh, the commentator who, you know, play-by-play guy who you mentioned earlier, uh, did throw out some, you know, mentioned Telex and Look Magazine, which, you know, um, for a, you know, fashion I, nerd I, as I, I am, I, I, my ears peaked about that too. So. Uh, Petey, while I, while I was doing my research on old wrestling, I hear that they're in negotiations for a deal on the Dumont Network. <laughs> but it, uh, you know, it was set up very well. They went. Actually, the opening was very retro. Uh, you know, put the you know the weakest link in there with the with the chick. Um, they, um, but they they put. That's a fine line, though. It's, uh, and I mentioned it before when you have a male female dynamic in the ring, because you don't want to turn it into a lifetime movie. Uh, they handle it perfectly, though. That yeah. that's that's where Chuck Taylor comes in. Yes. <laughs> That's where Chuck Taylor comes in. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was a fantastically fun thing moment, fun, fun moment, and the blondes were fun as hell, uh, as well. And, yeah, the, the hooch. Uh, we found out about the hooch. They, they gathered the evidence, and we found out that they made, there was an warrant. There's gonna be, a, I believe this is the point where they, we found out, or I think later on, we found out a warrant had been, uh, put out on, on the Moon Shannon men of Appalachia. Uh, based on the evidence that they had uh, enough evidence to uh, arrest them. Uh, so what will happen to our heroes, uh, the moonshine men of Appalachia? We'll have to find out in the future. 
They they may have some connections to John Dillinger, P.D. Rave. But we'll have to find out that on a later episode, because we went right into the intermission for this one. Yes, a pie-eating contest. Uh, we had a pie-eating contest, because why not? And it was a, actually a fun little silent movie clip with uh, a, a kid taking on uh, uh, Big Sue Jackson. Uh, or was it? Yeah, Big Sue Jackson uh, in a pie-eating contest, and Sue Jackson trying to cheat. Uh, and then the, the kid having a comeuppance and slapping Sue Jackson in the face with a pie. It was just fantastic. Well, what did you guys think of the inter- intermission moment? This was straight out of the Three Stooges. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That, it, it had every bit of slapstick. I don't know if they just grabbed the kid out of the crowd. I really want to think they did because I yeah. think that's brilliant. Um, anytime you can, like, for something like this, when you can involve the crowd, especially kids, like, make that, like, magic moment for, like, the children in the audience because they don't understand everything. But, like, making something funny like that for the kids is always going to be great. And it was just hilarious. Like, and it reminded me, like, for some reason, this entire thing, every single match, like, it feels like they're going for um what's called fuck it adjustment. Just, like, <laughs> fuck it. Let's put this in. Let's, let's, whatever, like, and just go for it. And adding something like a pie-eating contest in this at once is hilarious, even in the time. Like, even if it was just, like, a pie-eating contest in the middle of a wrestling promotion, that's great. But then it sort of pushes it back to, well, yeah, this, a wrestling promotion back in the days of any fighting promotion is going to have to have other things on the side because it's not going to be all just the wrestling or the box. This was, this was definitely fight. pre-Gorgeous George. Yes. <laughs> so you got to have the sideshows. You got to have the variety. You got to have the, the, the whiz and the bang and the, and the flame whistles. You, you need Zaz, kid. Zaz. Uh... <laughs> Natalie, what what did you think of the the intermission moment? Uh, just like the you know the kind of beginning uh you know uh opening shenanigans that started before the like the line taming and the weightlifting, um, you know pie eating contest was very very slapstick and entertaining, and again not out of place come on i mean this is the era of uh you know wrestling a bear and which um, <laughs> at the next at the at yet another at yet another uh exhibition uh, extravaganza of wrestling exhibitions upcoming i believe in late in august uh tracy smothers uh is going to wrestle a oh, bear god not tracy smothers <laughs> tracy smothers oh my god who, talking who about else? old time Okay. Who else would it be besides Tracy's mothers? Oh, Apparently, God. that's what's going to be part of that uh, of yet another uh, ex- extravaganza of wrestling exhibitions later this month. Pete, uh, once again in Norwalk, th- this, Ohio. This might be the promotion of the season. We might we might have to go back. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we might have to come Wait, back to old time wrestling. Are they are they going to be? You're saying that there might be. Uh, in my neck of the woods, and yeah, a wrestling yes. promotion of such things. Yes, soon. 
like hmm. I said, Drew, there, there were more than a few Michigan and Ohio guys on this show, so it's it's probably not too far from either one of us. Yeah, it is uh, uh, the showing of this uh, classic contest. Uh, of course, you know it happened many times ago, but they're they're showing it again. Uh, you get to see it. Uh, it's right. going to you be can see it via the via the old Nickelodeon shows. Uh, put, put the nickel in and turn the crank at the Huron County Fairgrounds at, in Norwalk, Ohio. Uh, barn doors open at two thirty. Uh, twelve dollar advance, fifteen day of show. Kids enter free. Uh, and it's going to be featured Tracy Smothers versus a bear. Nice. What else has? As if there, there's really nothing else left for Tracy Smothers to do besides wrestle a bear. Exactly. Did I mention the fuck it adjustment? Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. And I look forward, we can look forward to that. Uh, but moving on to the next contest, we had a battle royal, a battle royal, uh, ostensibly, although every man for himself was divided into two teams, Yankee land versus Dixieland. Uh, in a one, uh, all man, man, every man for himself battle royal. Uh, we had, and they didn't have the, uh, I, I did my best to, to transcribe, uh, the members of the contest. We had representing Yankee Land, uh, the barber Derek Austin, I think, uh, Nicholas Valentino, uh, self-proclaimed greatest wrestler, uh, in the world, Nicholas Valentino, old timer Jeff King, and burly Bill Taylor. Representing Dixieland, we had Dr. Joe, Jacob Owen uh, out of New Orleans, because uh, of course uh, we had uh, former member, former member of of the family. I don't remember which family, but uh, uh, now residing in Miami, Florida, Brian Casolini, uh, football standout guy Juice I, Jennings. Petey, I, I I heard through the grapevine, Petey, that uh, Mr. Valentino and uh, Mr. Casolini had some had some heat. Uh, yes. Had some fights on on a certain side of Chicago, Petey Rafe. Uh, I've heard that as well. Uh, you know, that both uh, you know both people you know uh, involved with certain uh, certain certain associates uh, in, and in certain rivalries in, in Chicago. Oh. Uh, and of course, rounding out the Dixieland team, we had out of El Paso, Texas. We had none other than Gregory Iron. El Paso, uh, Texas. Yes, Gregory Iron. Yes. Wearing wearing a wonderful hat, uh, Natalie. What was your impression of the N- Yankee Land versus Dixieland Battle Royal that was pre- uh, briefly interrupted by the Red Scare? The, the right. Red Scare, Dateline, nineteen forty-two. The Red Menace takes on the Squared Circle. Will the North and South join sides? We go to Natalie Surgeon for her take. They did. They did. They, uh, you know, temporarily, you know, united to, you know, uh, you know, deal with the communist menace. Yes. Um, and which was humorous. Um, as far as the match itself, I mean, battle royals by their very nature can get messy and convoluted, especially when you're not familiar with, you know, all the participants, but, you know, they did make it even more, they did make it interesting as far as, you know, they'd already alluded to, you know, potentially a, a dirty referee, yes. um, uh, which will come into play later. 
Um, so I did, you know, I did enjoy that. And it's all through this card of, you know, you know, not only the matches being their own contained little stories, but pushing, you know, but basically there's a, there's a common thread all through, through the card. So, yeah, but, uh, it was fun. Yeah. Did Ooh. what a battle royal supposed to do. So, yes, it's at a good place. It was fun. Uh, Drew, what was your thoughts on Yankee land versus Dixieland? Uh, well, one, the, the red scare at the beginning, uh, hilarious, yes. uh, very much. Anytime you can make a joke statement like that, like, yeah, no, the Yankees and the Dixies are going to fight, and then, ah, the commie gonna, bastards are coming they're in. They're going to fight against Mother Russia. Exactly. I love that. I'm the guy that loves... The Captain America punch, like Captain America punching Hitler in the face, was like my desktop background for forever. Yes. Like that kind of hilarity and like just screw you guys, like f communism sort of thing. Always, always my bag. Um, yeah. so like that sort of thing. Yeah. Getting into it, uh, like was alluded uh, by Natalie that we, if you're not super familiar with everybody, like I am usually not on these cards. Um, it's hard to follow at times. Also, when it's supposed to be a free-for-all, but it's not really going to be a free-for-all until, like, the end of the match, that makes it even more difficult. But, if it's still shot and played in a good way, then it can still be fun to follow, even for someone who doesn't follow much wrestling. And that's the thing, is every once in a while on a card, you need the just people bashing into each other. And that's what this was, was just everyone just bashing into each other as hard as possible, which was great. Yeah. Uh, uh, Petey, Petey yes. I want to ask, uh, one gentleman uh, on this side, uh, on the Dixieland side, uh, he, he appeared to be a player at the University of Nebraska. Apologies, Natalie. Uh, do you think he was in any way related to Mr. Touchdown, Mark Angelo Setti? Uh, I imagine he, they probably have ran in the same circles <laughs> or ran similar circles at different times. They probably have, uh, pl- have probably been scouted by ancestors of, you know, and descendants it, of the de- same people. When I look, when I looked at the webpage for old wrestling, I did see Dasher Hatfield on the roster. So, yeah. so perhaps, they, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, I'm, I'm not sure where. Uh, Mr. Touchdown went to college, went to, went to school. Uh, you know, and I, I, I'm not sure where he, maybe we he, can ask Bryce. Yes. Maybe we maybe. can ask Bryce. One of these days. We'll ask Bryce. Uh, but they, you know, who knows? Uh, I would like to think so. Uh, but yes. And we also had some fun, more fun from Gregory Ryan and, and more of the, yeah, like you said, the, the establishing of the, the storyline with the dirty referee, the scoundrel, the, 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 the corrupt official, uh, and we had uh, even a moment in this match with the corrupt official getting in, coming into play, uh, and then we kind of left it at that and, until later on in the contest. Uh, but before we got to that, we had a couple other contests. We had uh, the return of the true world champion of professional wrestling, uh, managed by the Imperial Robert Evans. We had the Sheik, Caden Assad. Caden Assad. 
putting out an open challenge to uh, to the current world champion who was apparently not uh, there and not available. Uh, Matthew Cross. Matthew Cross. Uh, apparently, he was indisposed. Uh, he couldn't make it. Uh, flights were I believe, canceled. I believe he was on a world tour. Yes, he was on a world tour, and so obviously he couldn't make it. Uh, uh, last I heard of the world champion Matthew Cross uh, was perhaps fighting in an underground promotion uh, based uh, in Mexico. Yes. Uh, and just, and leave it to the, to the dastardly villain, uh, to pick a time when he knows the, the, the hero cannot be there to call him a coward and, and call him out. Uh, however, but, there was an interve, an intervener. Yes. None other than Zachariah Gowan. Uh, young, a young, uh, you know, young, uh, young kid with a lot of heart. And a lot of fire in his gut, uh, with a dream and, and hope, you know, over and uh, had a lot to overcome, you know, losing now, his leg to a train accident, uh, when he was a kid. Once again, to break the fourth wall. Zach Gowan, everybody, uh, who a lot of you might remember for, uh, his brief cup of coffee with World Wrestling Entertainment. Uh, I know Zach Gowan best as being, for all intents and purposes, yet another Detroit indie guy on this show. Yes. He is very still to this day a, a pretty regular on the Detroit indie scene, still wrestling with one leg. And this really got a kick out of me. And hearing Zachariah tell the story of how he lost his leg while still managing to fight his way into the squared circle against the champ, it was quite endearing. Yes. He, he is a hero. Yes. Uh, Natalie, what what was your impression of the this world championship contest? Well, uh, I had to... Uh, uh, to kind of smile at the revamped origin story of this Zachariah Gowan. Uh, I do remember uh, him from, uh, you know, WWE a million years ago when dinosaurs roamed the earth, but uh, I still had the same impression that I did when I saw him back then. It's like, uh, that dude is wrestling on one leg, and, you know, and it looks convincing. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know, um, he he was actually a pretty good wrestler on the Detroit indie scene and got signed by TNA actually in the early 2000s under the name Tenacious Z. Yes. Um, before he actually got signed by the WWE. So so he was he was never a novelty act. Right. Um, it the match was, you know, again, uh it was a very good match. I mean, it told, it told the story like it was supposed to. Um, and, you know, uh, of course there were, uh, shenanigans. Um, crowd was into it, which this far into the card, sometimes there's crowd fatigue, but there wasn't there. I didn't, I didn't notice that, but, uh, yeah, it was good to see, uh, Zachariah Gowan. Yeah, it's good to see the man, uh, the, the young kid, uh, fighting still. Uh, Drew, what was your impression of this championship bout? One, uh, I believe we said it at the beginning of this promotion, but I would like some DNA tests or somebody check the race on the the Sheik if we could. <laughs> um, Jesus. <Yeah. laughs> 
God. Give me a tournament to promote me in the WWE. I'll be chic. Like, whatever. Like, apparently. But besides that. Um, like I said, neither of the Divari brothers were available, apparently. Yeah, apparently. But, um, but the, the cool thing is to me, at the beginning of this match, because I I was not familiar with uh, Mr. Gowan. I thought that there was some sort of joke going on until partway through the match. I'm like, oh, that dude really doesn't have a leg. Yeah. Like, no, no, he doesn't. No. That really threw me for a loop in the middle of the match when I realized that, like, that wasn't the gimmick. He just no. really didn't have a leg. Yeah. And he was really doing well. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, like you said, it he didn't. He isn't using the no leg as the gimmick. He's just, yeah, I have no leg. I'm gonna make a story about my no leg because you're gonna see that I don't have a leg. So I gotta make my story about my no leg, or you're gonna ask, the fuck happened to your leg? Yes. So, and then he wrestled. He wrestled really, really well. Um, it was a very interesting card to say the least. Uh, part of the card to say the least, but it was a fun one. Um, for sure really surprised me out of that kid now knowing that he hit the wwe one point doesn't surprise me in the least yeah and it was it was a well wrestled match it was it was fun i think it, it again the 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 ambiguous uh ethnicity of the chic is very fitting for i think the time uh very fitting for the time. Uh, I highly doubted there was a, ever a Middle Eastern, uh, wrestler, uh, in that time in wrestling. Uh, I have a feeling that they may not, even then, probably weren't Middle oh. Eastern at all. Once again, the, the Sheik, the, the original Sheik from big time wrestling was from Michigan as well. Yes. Ed, Far- Ed Farhat, everybody. Yes. yes. Ah, uh, fantastic. Uh, and then, you know, that was the, the, the championship contest. Shenanigans abound left and right, uh, with that. Uh, that being said, the champion, as he calls himself, as, uh, Robert Evans calls him, uh, came out victorious, uh, through those shenanigans, uh, and was still the champion. Uh, we'll have to find out what what happens with that belt, and if Matthew Cross will come back and challenge him uh, and claim claim his spot as the true champion. Uh, we'll uh, see in the future. Hopefully, he makes it makes his way back from the underground fighting world of Mexico. Yes, I, I hear he's I hear he's been dealing with demons and uh, a strange gentleman from South Africa that likes to dive off of things. Yes, and and perhaps vampires. Yes. Uh yes, I hear. It's, it's I hear a lot of this. havoc. Yes, it's it's a lot of havoc he's got to deal with mm-hmm. Matthew Cross. Uh which uh that being said, that contest finished, and we get into the next contest. We have a couple of big boys, a couple of the large gentlemen, uh, taking on each other in, in a nice little brawl. Uh, we have Dustin Lillard taking on Big Sue Jackson. Uh. Just a couple of big dudes. We have the Lion Tamer, Dustin Lillard. There's not much to say. A couple of big, burly men here to uh, engage in fisticuffs of the big and burly variety. I, I don't know. Deech. You had D- Dustin Lillard taking on a boy named Sue. Yes. Uh, Natalie, what do you think of these big men in their, in their uh, barn burner of a contest? 
Um, a match like this, uh, the only requirement is, you know, that two large men continue to hit each other. Um, of course, there was a little added comedy with the ferocious lion, uh, which uh, had appeared at the beginning of the card, um, which uh, kind of, um, you know, I don't, I don't mind a little, uh, a little uh, comedy, but, uh, but yeah, I think uh, it. It did what it was supposed to do. Um, I I don't think there was, um, and I don't think there was any grand expectation out of this match. So it, you know, it delivered. Yeah, it, it was a, it was a fun contest. <laughs> a couple of big men and a man with a mustache. True. Uh, speaking of, well, I mean, speaking of a man who used to have a mustache. Uh, Drew, what was your wow. thoughts on the contest? I'm just hurt. This is just going to bring out the sadness, apparently, in Sorry. certain people, mostly the hibbity-bibbered. Yes. Um, no, but uh, she's right. Most, Almost all the time, a match of uh, large gentlemen is going to be mostly... Keep the large gentlemen up and beating on each other, and keep the joke going. Um, whatever. A regular Clash of the there. Titans, like King yeah. Kong versus Godzilla, a real life <laughs> monster movie come to life. The the joke has like that gimmick has to keep going, and to me, the gimmick on the entire promotion is the the look of everything just seems right, and. These guys look straight out of one of those like like bad videos you'd see of like a guy catching a cannonball. Yes. Like those dudes. <laughs> those are what those guys are. And they looked exactly like those guys and it worked. Um made me laugh. Um but big guy wrestlers are gonna be big guy wrestlers and they better they better be able to play their gimmick well because not everybody's gonna be Andre the Giant. Um and these guys played it well. So, what yeah. can I say? Yeah, it was it was a fun contest. These big men. There's not much to say about it, uh, but it, it kind of played off well and it paid off well. Uh, and it was just big dudes hitting each other. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, and then it led well and kind of transitioned well into the main events of the evening. Uh, a true contest with high stakes. We had. Mustache and mask versus mustache and mask. A what of uh, the some in the uh, Mexican wrestling uh, circles would call a lucha de apuestas. Uh, very complex lucha de apuestas. Uh, we had Marion Fontaine and Jervis Conbelli, aka Old Fashioned, uh, versus the Columbus Crusher and Jeremy Madrox. Yeah, uh, I, I do believe the the official for this match was Beverly Remington, yes. who I assume uh, is the the great granduncle of Smooth Sailing Ashley Remington of Chikara. Yes, uh, we can. Who, only by believe... the way, Beverly Remington wore a strong resemblance to time traveling Bryce Remsburg. Yes, <laughs> uh, one of those odd things. One of those odd things could be like a cousin Wait. of a cousin or something like that. You know. Step cousin in law, twice removed. Exactly on his on his father's side. Yes, yeah, like like, like, Dal- like Dalton Castle. Yes, exactly. Um, 
yeah, this main event contest. We had Jervis Cottonbelly, the sweetest man in wrestling, uh, who I think both DJ and I love, uh, in his <laughs> prime, uh, in his time, uh, taking on a couple of, you know, a couple of, of villains, dastardly Ruffians. villains. Ragamuffins, ruffians. Yes. No good nicks even. <laughs> uh, Drew, what was your thoughts on the main event? Um, two things about the main event. Uh, one, rest in peace to a mustache. Um, yes. sometimes they have to go away, but they are never forgotten. Um, but also, I've never seen a wrestler, I don't think, where they were essentially a boss battle. And what I mean by that is, there's the big glowing part that you're supposed to hit in every Zelda boss. And apparently Cotton Belly has one of those, and that makes me laugh. Yes. Um, the fact that they they played that up like during the match, the announcer played it up, uh, really hilarious. Also, speaking of a video game, every time they called him Fontaine, all I thought of was Bioshock. <laughs> Can't help myself. Um, and that's going into the gimmick of the match. It, it was of that time period. Yes. Indeed. Um, and... And that was fun. The the M Night Shyamalama Ding Dong twist at the end yes. was was fantastic. Um, seeing it coming from a mile away. Yes. Uh but that that to me just you with a promotion like this, you gotta end on that that note. You gotta end on that really like just super funny, super tongue in cheek moment, right? It just was great. And then. The the cutting of the hair um felt very uh old school WWE and yes. we all know who I'm referencing at this point <laughs> um and it would again that's something that gets me and then can we talk about the Five Nights at Freddy's timeline getting screwed up again with the giant corded set of clippers I yeah I was like wait wait what's going on. <laughs> I thought I thought they was gonna give him a good old straight shave, you know, <laughs> with a razor, you know, bring out the razor, shopping it up, and put some cream. I and- actually, I actually would have thought that would be hilarious if they just brought out like a giant comic shape straight razor yes. and just donned it that way. Would have been yeah. fantastic. But then we had the corded clippers. And which is like, wait, what, what's going on? It's like the, the, the commentator is like, oh, he's got the, the, the clippers, the electric clippers. Right. Uh, hey, they thought of everything. They have I guess everything the barber came well. I guess business is booming for the barber. <laughs> it's like, what? Where's the timeline? What's going on? When is this? Uh, Natalie, what was your impression of the main event? Natalie, I'm so sorry. You just have this most incredulous look on your face. Uh, the main event, this was delightful. Uh, I, I think I found a new, a favorite. I do have, uh, you know, um, it's even rarer now. Uh, the uh, masked wrestler that has a slight comedy tilt to it, you know, a la Curry Man. Um, but... Exactly. <laughs> um, but I thought, uh, just the back and forth was fun. Um, the, the crowd was certainly into it and had their favorites. 
um, you know, any kind of, um, I mean, this is a, a gimmick that, you know, thanks to the WWE and others, we've seen like a million times. So it takes a special amount of effort to make it. Well, th- this was before. This was long before Titan Sports. You understand? This this was long before. Uh, <laughs> before Capital Wrestling, right? Right. Uh, this was long the before the McMahon family came into this. Uh, this was this was well before uh, even Vince Senior came along. Yes. So they, uh, this was when but, still still when Jess McMahon was still uh, in the Northeast. <laughs> there you go. But uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I certainly enjoyed enjoy this match so yeah it was a, it was a fun main event uh with a lot of fun moments steve d- d- you had to enjoy this a main event right i i think uh marion fontaine is highly underrated highly underappreciated his former tag team partner ryan drago uh is now known as the one half of the vaude villains in nxt uh-huh. uh, and th- this is just so perfect. Uh, th- this promotion, along with Jervis and along with Thunder Kitty, this was made for for this gentleman. And the the tag team contest was tip top condition from start to finish. Pretty brave. Yes, yes, it was a fantastically fun and and so many good moments with the with the dastardly referee uh, uh, storyline coming back into play. Uh, we find out that he was under the mask all along. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, P- Petey, can we come back to old time wrestling later this season? Yes. Can we? We, we, we can. We can. We, we make the rules around here. Uh, it's our podcast. We can do what we want to. Uh, yes. Old timey wrestling. And let's talk about a couple more things. Those are the matches. And I know we wanted to touch on the, we talked, touched on the production throughout the show. Uh, it was an interestingly well-made productions. I mean, I, we could nitpick a couple of things like on, you know, the way maybe they could have done the proper filter or, you know, done it four by three blah, 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 and been like be picky. But it was a fantastic production, uh, top to bottom. Uh, what, what did you guys think of like the, the production? I've, I've harped on this before. Um, and this is me coming from my background, as people may well know, uh, spending way too much time with audio uh, folks, engineers, and files, and the like. Good sounds not hard. Takes a little bit of time, it's money. If you're going to put on a production like this, and you're going to sell it after the fact, make sure your sound's good. Like, And these guys did it 100%. Like... Um, there were some mishaps in the ring. I'll give you that. Um, but to me, that sort of played into the, this is a fly-by-night, old-timey organization sort of thing, so that worked. But the announcer was always crystal clear, always perfect in the mix. Um, the live band was fantastic. Yes. Um, and you could hear them pretty well. And And that's the thing that always gets me, is if I can't hear what's going on well as a person coming into this as a new guy i can't follow anything and it i automatically lose interest and this kept my interest the whole way through because i could follow i could follow along with the story yeah and it's so important 
Yeah, and I really want to talk about the the, the live band was was which was fun and fantastic. Like <laughs> it is just so fit well with the, the whole with the whole aesthetic, which was just a a live band playing playing like you know all the the old timey themes and all the uh royalty free public domain music that they could that they could muster. Uh it was just fantastic and it was it was a humdinger. Uh I'll tell you. Uh Natalie, what what was your impression of of the production value? The production was, you know, excellent. I mean, um especially with um, indie wrestling because you're not always, especially me who hasn't watched consistently since, you know, I don't know, dinosaurs roam the earth, um, CM Punk ring of honor days. Um, so if it, if it, if you give too many, you know, challenges to your audience, as far as bad audio or bad shots or, you know, whatever the case may be, um, then, your product, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to fight too hard to, to get to it again. But, um, apart from some minor itty bitty, you know, things, which just is going to happen. Um, I thought it was really well done. I love, I love the live music. The live music was <laughs> that, that was awesome. Um, and that you could, you know, you could hear it pretty well. Um, you know, in probably not the most ideal, uh location to capture sound so um and with you know we still have uh you know not even indie wrestling even larger promotions just because of their style where it's like a static shot into a ring uh they these guys did really good with multiple angles and and whatnot so yes uh just fantastic production and and really fun um yeah it's just fun. Uh, I have to ask. We can wrap it up now with the, the final thoughts. Drew, what was your impression of the, the event overall, the promotion overall? Well, my impression can be summed up pretty easily. Um, as, as you don't, we have to, you don't have to do a haiku of it, Drew. <laughs> I don't? We're, don't, we're not what? asking for a haiku. Okay, good. Because I didn't write one. <laughs> you, you reminded me of something I have to do in like three minutes. <laughs> I know. Um, but it can be summed up really easily. I'm not usually a wrestling guy these days. Um, I fell off about when Mick Foley fell off, if that tells anybody anything. Um, so when I get into these things, no, he was thrown I, off. I, yeah, <laughs> indeed, he was thrown off of everything because he was freaking Mick Foley. Um, but when I get into these things, it's it's fun to me to see what's going on and this, how the story's played out and like how the sort of medium has grown. Um, and something like this, it's not far from me. And it's at the end of this month. It's gonna be hard for me to figure out my schedule, but I wouldn't be past going. Yes. And I think that says a lot about what I thought of this. Yes. I, it was hilarious, and I had a good time. And I might be willing to drive an hour and a half for another good time. Yes. So. Uh, you might be able to go see a screening uh, of this uh, of their next uh, oh, event. But, uh, <laughs> yes, and, I might be able to go to a nice theater and 
see one of the reels that they are showing at the yes. Polo yes. the plant. And you might, you might, you might end up seeing a, a, one of your ancestors have have shown up there. We might see old great grandpa Snyder <laughs> still sporting that mustache. <laughs> well, are you? Are is your family directly like originally from Ohio? Uh, or where did you guys, did you guys move here at some point? Like your ancestors? Um, and, and did they all wear mustaches? Uh, the Favaro side is the one we can trace back the farthest, and we can trace them back to Sicily. Um, in, oh, I forget what year they came over. My dad has the Ellis Island, uh, paper somewhere, and I can't remember where. Um, but I think, when they came over, they went straight to Ohio, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I'm 100% sure. The Ohioan, the Ohioan family, the Ohioan representatives, uh, still sporting the mustaches. <laughs> uh, Natalie, what was your, what were your overall thoughts on, on oldie wrestling and <laughs> this extravaganza of wrestling exhibitions? Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, Again, I'm so completely out of it. Uh, any any chance that I get to kind of sit down and see what's going on is a fun time. Um, I, you know, as mentioned before, this was like a tailor-made, <laughs> tailor-made promotion for uh, the likes of Thunder Kitty, uh, who I find hilarious and uh, interesting to see her work as as a face somewhat, not really. Um, and, uh, you know, Jervis Cottonbelly, come on, come on. That's, that's just so much fun. Um, but it's just, uh, it's very, I guess, heartening to see that, you know, that such a high level of production, uh, you know, is happening on the indie scene. So, you know, I don't think there's going to be many excuses to have, you know, uh, you know, they nailed it. Uh, I, we mentioned it earlier, uh, you know, the commentator slash play-by-play guy um, was excellent, which sometimes doesn't happen in indie wrestling and can detract from the product. Uh, and he only enhanced it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is it's just a fantastic promotion. Deej, what was your overall feeling of oldie wrestling, uh, if I don't already know? <laughs> Old-time wrestling, I thought was highly enjoyable. One thing that I am always in favor of is high-concept wrestling. Wrestling that does more than just say, this is a wrestling event, this is a wrestling contest, and here's what we're doing, which is, you know, the very standard mainstream television wrestling. And I love when there is a a high-concept or the promotion itself is a gimmick. And I've really enjoyed that from start to finish. Also, this show from start to finish, uh, in the words of the man formerly known as Brian Danielson, in talking about Chikara, was an example of PG family-friendly wrestling done right. Everything about this, top to bottom, you could bring the kids. Uh, There was nothing remotely blue or sour about it. And I fully endorse that yeah. wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, again, Derek St. Holmes, really underrated as a play-by-play man and a manager. 
He he's very very good. I, I wish he was more uh, on the indie scene. Uh, also, seeing a lot of guys from the region of the states that I live in was also amusing. Yes. And anytime there's Thunder Kitty, I'm always happy. Yes. So yes, old time wrestling. I give it two thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you just gotta love this promotion. People, y'all should check it out. It is just a fantastic promotion. If you're near the Norwalk, Ohio area, go check out the screening of their next event they have prepared. Uh, just go see some classic, truly classic wrestling, uh, in the form of oldie wrestling. Uh, and just do it. Ah, uh, it's just fun. It's wonderful. Just do it. Just do it. Just, Tell just, all your just... dreams be dreams. <laughs> you said tomorrow, yesterday. Exactly. Um. <laughs> all right. And those were our thoughts on Oldie Wrestling. I hope you all should check it out. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic time. It is a fantastic time and it's worth checking out. You can see it on Smart Mark Video. Uh, you can see, I'll get all the downloads. You can also see more info on Old Wrestling or that's O-L-D-E Wrestling.com. Uh, they have one of them websites, you see. Uh, it's like a web, it's like a newspaper on your TV screen. Uh, Go on the website. You can see future events. You can buy the DVDs uh, on there. You know the discs, uh, physical media because it's perfect for fandom. So go check it out. Uh, Natalie, I'll ask you: What do you have going on the internet? What what where can people find you? What do you got going on? What can Natalie, you plug? Have you have you finally started a podcast yet, Natalie? <laughs> Join the club. No, I I haven't fallen for that siren call yet so um i know i know what's wrong with me um <laughs> if you're not doing at least two podcasts i i don't know what to tell you uh, yeah i mean i need i need to get on the bus man i i need to get on the bus so um as far as where can people find me the twitters uh uh, at Stormy Sooner, it's mm-hmm. going to get really football intense here in a in a couple of weeks. So fair warning. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fair warning. Um, but and as far as anything to plug, uh, my buddies at IHWE Radio did a podcast recently. I think I think it went up on Wednesday. Uh, you can find it where all fine podcasts. Uh, are located uh, where they um, talk with a with a couple of people about uh, Roddy Piper and Mike Lano on and a, a couple other luminaries. Um, so if you if you need more wrestling content, check that out. Yes, uh, go check that out, Drew. What what where where can people find you on the internet? What music podcast made you be a, a, appearing on I... in the near future? <laughs> I, I I may or may not be appearing uh, with with a certain fella from Miami uh, every week on Tuesday. Uh, you can get uh, record breakers. It's recordbreakerpodcast dot com. Uh, four I was on that once, <laughs> twice. Yes, you were oh, twice. <laughs> talking about talking about the progressive metals, as it were. Um, yeah, no. Uh, musical book club with uh, PD Rave here called Record Breakers. Uh, go check that out because 
I credit uh, Peter Raven mostly with coming up with the idea because, like, we've been had wanted to do me, him, and Swagger wanted to do a music show for forever, and then he came to us and was like, "Hey, what if we what if we do this thing?" And it's worked out really well so far. And you get a fourth guy that doesn't like anything. <laughs> Brad likes things, mainly Rush. Brad likes things sometimes. Um, Rush, mainly Rush and Jazz. Uh, Aquabats. Uh. Yeah, that's about it. Um, no, but we give him a hard time. But it's a fun show um, that I like um, to do. It's a good time. Uh, yes. If if you hate music and fun, um, you can check me out. Uh, I'm most of my social media is on Twitter these days. Uh, at X Drusifer X, because uh, the guy squatting on Drusifer won't get off of it. And might as well put the straight up bullshit on my Twitter name. Yes. So. Yeah. Uh Deej. DJM. What do you got going on these days? What what, what don't you have stuff. going on these days? I got I got a lot of stuff. You guys know where to find it. Yeah. Delta Julia Mike nah, just just go, just go, just go. Uh he's at, D, at just call me DJM. I'm at PD Rave. The show is at Fanny Pack WP, FannyPackWrestling.com, Rebelli.net for this and other shows. Uh, just do the things. Subscribe to us, like, share, YouTube, all the things. Until next time, hasta los huevos. Oh my god, Petey! Where was that classic? Where was he? I can't believe the show didn't have Matt classic. Oh my god. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> and no I Mac. do too. No Mac Classic. That just hit me just now. Oh my goodness, Mac Classic would be perfect for this. Yes, it would. Oh my god. Oh my god, yes. Where is Mac Classic?